Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for downloading this special podcast from us here at Virgin Radio. This week on The Breakfast Show, we were joined in the studio by a man all the way from the USA. He's a stand-up comedian, podcaster, writer and actor. And this is going to be a special treat. A whole podcast devoted to our chat with one fascinating individual. From kicking around the alternative comedy scene in New York to working with Robert De Niro and interviewing Barack Obama in his actual garage, our next guest has done it all. Ahead of his latest set of UK stand-up dates, let's say Boomer Lives to the phenomenal Mark Maron. Good morning, Mark. Thank you. How are you, fellas? (laughs) Ladies, gentlemen, what's happening? So we know who you are. I've briefed you on who everybody is here. So I've given you the headlines of the people you're surrounded by. Yes, you did. Does this mic sound normal coming out of the speakers at home? Because it sounds like it's buzzing in my head. Or am I just... Well, you, not, you say, are you jet lagged still? Because you said you're a bit tired. I, yeah, I am jet lagged, and part of me is sleeping right now. No, we've done it before. We've yeah. done this before. It sound, you sound fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll just take it. <laughs> I'll take it as it is. So you're used to garage ambience. Now, before I've got to get, people, I've done radio. I know. Before. I know. I'm, I'm know. not a complete stranger to regular broadcasting. I know. All right? I know. I know. I, I just know. went off the grid, Chris. That's okay, all. Okay. Uh, now, listen. I've, I've got to get people hooked in on you here. Yeah. I've got to hook. I got. I got to tease. I got to keep people around because. You may not have heard of Mark. You may have done. You may have done, but you may not have heard of Mark, and you may not be yet part of the world of podcasting. And it may feel that word itself may feel like a square peg in a round hole. But I don't po- like where this is going. But no, the podcasts are now experiencing exponential growth. I mean, they are ridiculous. They are the new sort of smartphone. Everybody's listening to the right podcast. There is the, a podcast at its best. Well, there's nothing better to listen to. There's lots of you know chaff amongst the wheat out there, and, and but they'll 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 perish. Don't worry about that. But Mark's been at it since 2009. Mark, just before we get into your interviews with Obama, your yeah. your legendary interview with Robin Williams, sure. and your other hundreds of interviews can you remember the first time you ever heard the the term podcast and what it meant to you sure it was when i was fired from a radio job and i said what are these things called podcasts and can we do it is there a way we can figure out how to do this i said to my producer brendan mcdonald right and at the beginning there that's that's what we did i mean we were We've been doing. We did morning radio, and then we did some sort of streaming video radio at uh, at an outlet in uh, New York. It was uh, Air America, and uh, they fired us. And it they were kind of dumb. It was a it was sort of a lefty political radio, and they were they wanted to be progressive and all inclusive and pleasant. So they they fired us, but we still had a month on the contract. So unlike regular corporate radio, they just let us keep our office. Right. So we kept the office. We figured out how to do podcasts. We broke into the studio at night because we knew the night tech, and we just started making podcasts and putting them up. So I know this is a strange question because you are king of the podcast, but for people, I don't, I don't that, know if I'm king. I, I'm, I, I can I'm, say that you I'm among the uh, royals. You don't have to accept it, but I can say it. And I mean it, and yeah. it just, just doesn't matter. I'll just take it. Let it go. Good, take it. Okay. But for people who don't know what a podcast is, I know it's a strange question to you, but just explain, in your mind, what is a podcast? Why is it different from, from regular linear broadcasting and other forms of communicating? 
Okay. Well, uh, I, I didn't think it, I, it's, it seems remedial to me, but I do know there is a, a bit of a, a, a there, people need, well, you listen to music on your phone yep. or on your iPod or whatever you're listening mm-hmm. to and you choose the song. Mm-hmm. So this is basically you're choosing a show, a podcast, which is like radio in some ways because it is an audio medium, but uh, you can, you can, you know, select from probably about 100,000 podcasts. Some of them are just guys with one mic in their bathroom who do it once every three weeks and then give up. And there are other people that have a pretty consistent schedule. So you build a relationship with that show, not unlike people build a relationship with your show. Hopefully. You figure out how to pass, you know, to to parse it throughout the week. We do two shows a week that run about an hour, 15, hour and a half. So that should cover people's commutes. There's a way of thinking about it. But it's really essentially just, uh, uh, you know, kind of picking the thing you want to listen to, like you would pick a song, only sometimes they last an hour and a half. Yes, yeah, so it's sort of guaranteed content that you probably will like. And you, like you say, you build up an affinity with certain podcasters and you know you're going to get a little or a lot or somewhere in between of what you want. But it doesn't hurt if the current president of the US agrees to come to your garage, does it? That doesn't that, hurt. That was years in. It doesn't hurt, though, does yeah, it? Yeah, you know, it was funny about the podcasters. I was talking, I did a radio show with, you know, old school radio guys. I did old school radio. I know about, you know, teasing and breaks and all that stuff. And, uh, and the guy, uh, it was, he was kind of a dinosaur, yeah, uh, in in the racket of radio. And I and he was, uh, it was right when podcast started, and he was sitting there trying to make this point, saying that uh, yeah, these podcasters, they don't know what they're doing. They don't even reset. It's like, why would you reset? <laughs> the guy picked your show. There's no reason for me to reintroduce who the guest is because they're not. They're, there's no commercial. Yeah, I think he had issues. Where <laughs> yeah. is that guy now? He's still on the air. Is he really? He's good. He's good. I don't okay. want to. He's a, he's a good, uh, right, good so, radio so, guy. So Obama so, pitches up at your garage. Yeah. Well, it's not. How does a, that? How does that work? It's not a casual drop. How does in that work? When the president comes over. It, well, there was a, about a year before he came. There was some interest in his staff to, uh, you know, maybe have him do the show. Right. So then it kind of, they were talking to the producer, my producer, every once in a while, every few months. And then all of a sudden they, they were like, it's going to happen. He wants to do it. He wants to do the podcast. So I thought, well, where do I got to go? Do I got to go bring my gear to the White House? Because I can do that and interview him. And, and uh, my producer says, no, he wants to come to the garage. I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> the president of the United States is going to come down. I had a two-bedroom house I with know. one bathroom. You know what I mean? I had to, I have to clean up if guests are coming over. So the... They, they, they start the planning. And what happens? They send the Secret Service over about a week before. They yep. go through the house. They, uh, you know, they figure out where they can put the snipers. So yeah, they're, they're, they had this a is guy. all true. This is all true. Well, why would I make this up? Because well, you're yeah, a comedian. No, well, I mean, no, this is true. No, is. So uh, they, they got to figure out where to put the snipers, where to, how to protect the perimeter. Yeah, because it's a big deal. They tented my driveway. Yeah. Uh, so they, there was no line of fire. And they, made, they created a carport at the end of my driveway. I had to ask my neighbor, Dennis... If we could put snipers on his roof, the guys were tired. It was he was thrilled. It was like a big day for him. Had you asked him for favors before, and what were they compared to snipers on the uh, roof? Yeah, could you could you could you stop with the drill in the backyard? <laughs> I'm trying to interview somebody. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Now I heard I heard one time, and I, I think it's true because I think there was, there was a president around uh, when somebody told me this that it cost two hundred thousand dollars per mile to transport the president. Yeah, uh, I'd like to thank the American taxpayers for uh, <laughs> helping my business. Well, they well they had to close down the neighborhood. You couldn't park on the street, but he did. You know, to his credit. Uh, he he was staying in Beverly Hills, which is on the well. He was staying on the west side, so as opposed to driving the motorcade all the way through Los Angeles to my house, mm. which would have stopped traffic, which is already horrible. They flew him in the helicopter right. to the Rose Bowl, which is a stadium about five miles from my house. Yeah. 
And I'm there on the porch with all these Secret Service guys. We're all set up. And he's uh, he says to me, uh, yeah, we'll let you know when he's 20 minutes out. And then I saw the presidential helicopter with the escorts in the sky above. Yeah. I, I think he's coming. I think he's close. I think he's about 10 <laughs> minutes out. It's yeah. that weird helicopter with the two rotors. Yeah, Ospreys, either side of is it, it called an Osprey? I yeah, don't know yeah, what yeah, it's yeah, called. Uh, yeah. Well, the Ospreys are the two points. Whatever. He comes over. And we do the thing. It was kind of crazy. He didn't come into the house, though. He, did, he didn't. We walked. You know what's the weirdest thing about that, that whole event was they have to set up these things about a week before, these boxes, which are isolated phone lines. Basically, in case the world ends or Armageddon starts, he's going to need to communicate with somebody. So these boxes are humming along in my second bedroom. And it was just, that was the eeriest thing where you're just like, I hope we don't need those. I hope we don't have to use those. And there's today. the whole medical unit that, that goes parallel along the street that you can't see when he's motorcade because that's got all his blood in it and everything, hasn't it? That all happens as yeah, well. I mean, I where did they park the blood, I, the blood wagon? Well, I don't know. It was disguised. It's not like advertised. Like, which truck is the one with his blood in it? Or, yeah, where does he go to the bathroom where'd he get his tea that he walked in with i don't know i know i saved the <laughs> cup and i put it under glass i have a, i have a paper cup with the presidential seal on it uh, in so my cool. house now th- this video of that actual interview and i gotta say yeah there is and i've, I've got it well there's pictures of it I've oh, seen pic- and they move with it when you watch things video uh, moves chris yeah. I, the picture yeah, all right okay all but right. it depends if it's not a rostrum camera or not whatever anyway i could go we go toe to toe it's up to you let's just get on with the interview but um when obama was there what was interesting about i thought about your garage was it was so cluttered mm-hmm. and uh, now i've just been reading mary kondo's book so i'm trying to get sorted out oh, and i man. thought because <laughs> you're I, I, by the way i'm with you i love the clutter of the yeah, me too. It's cozy. It's all the excuses as well, isn't it? You can't do anything that you so, need to do because I need to sort my garage out. It's a lot of unread books. Like, I'll get to them. Yeah, I'll get to now, them. You've moved out of the garage yeah. and your fans lamented your move. Now, I'm presuming from the profits of the podcast, you were able to buy a bigger, more luxurious, op- opulent home. Is there a new garage now or have you, got, have, you, have, you, have you gone to the dark side and you have a studio? No, no, it's another garage oh, that was okay. actually made into a room by the people that owned the house before me. And the only way I went through that old garage is by moving the stuff. But I didn't throw anything away. So now it's just back in piles again. So now I, I, I'm into the original so you format. Said the same vibe. Well, not yet, because I have to do some work on the garage. I've actually had to move the studio into the house. So now I had some kid make me these sound panels, and I'm in a second bedroom in my house now. So my my studio, or where I'm recording the podcast, is really just down the hall from where I sleep. So now people have to walk upstairs in the house, and I'm like, yeah, that's the bedroom. Don't go in there. Let's go in here. So uh, so it's it's temporarily in a bedroom while I have to fix the garage, because the work that was done previous was not done on permits. So long story's not it's all No, it is, it is interesting, because it's all about the environment, and you know, you, some some podcasts you record on the move, some you record your intro on the move when you're going there. But I love the idea of this this two bedroomed cabin cabin in East LA. Yeah, that was it. I, I love the sound of that, and I think, oh, surely you kept it. The house? Surely you've kept the the apartment, and you just Airbnb. It wasn't big, a you know? house. It was a, it was a it wasn't an apartment. It was a house. And uh, I, I sold it. Oh, did you? Because as much good stuff went on there, the, uh, the bad stuff went like on there, monument. too. All right, I see. No, people can still go. The guy who lives there now I'm in touch with, and he says people Does he do still... tours? He should. <laughs> it's a very weird thing because in the States, you know, I was now not- I would to... go to the- I would go. Well, no, people go. I mean, there was a problem, man. <laughs> I You know, there was a problem because- uh, my, when I bought that house, I was not a celebrity. Arguably, I think I'm a mid-level celebrity now. I'm not a huge celebrity. But if you buy a home in in the States yeah. uh, with your name, yeah. it's public record. Right. So, you know, people could just search my name and my address, and it's like the second thing that comes up on Google. So people would show up. I would walk outside in the morning with my tea or whatever, and I'd look out, and there'd just be some guy standing there. I'm like, hello? He's like, it is you. Like, one time, I... <laughs> 
Some guy knocked on my door, and uh, and I, I opened the door. Well, the, my girlfriend at the time opened the door, and she's like, "You deal with this." And there's just some guy standing there. I'm like, "What? What? What? What do you want?" He goes, "Wow, really is easy to find your address." That was I, it. I, well, yeah. And I go, well, "What do you want now? <laughs> did you did you make a plan?" He's like, "No, I just I don't know. I, I just I I don't have a plan. I didn't think you'd be home." And I'm standing there on my porch with this guy, and I notice there's two women with him, and they're laughing and uncomfortable, and they come up and they're. They're a band, and they're touring, and he's oh. a big fan. And I said, you know, this is creepy. It's not cool to do this to people. You know, my girlfriend's, like, all upset and scared, and I gave it a beat, and I go, but you want to see the garage? Yay! So I brought him in there. That used to happen to John Lennon all the time. Well, I'm in good company then. Tittenhurst Park, which is down the road, the big house. That I think he got. I think he did a deal with Ringo Starr. Either, he, yeah. either Ringo Starr gave it to him or he gave it to Ringo Starr because one of them owed the other one money. And people used to pitch up at his house all the time. And if you watch the... The the movie, uh, not the unbearable truth. It's something like that. He, there is film of people just pitching, and he used to invite them in for tea. And he used to be like the loving rock star that they wanted him to be. But then they, because if you don't get rid of them within ten minutes, it's two hours, isn't it? Or it's three hours. Sometimes, There's sometimes a they don't really know what they're doing there. Like yeah. they're so excited and and uh, you know and and they're happy to be engaging with you. But there is a moment where no one knows what to do. <laughs> or say yeah, or look right, where to look. Right, and you kind of wait. <laughs> I interviewed uh, McCartney recently. Right. Oh, it was it was amazing. Where, where did you do that one? I actually had to do that. He couldn't come to the garage, so it was a live event right. for Capitol Records. I think it was, yeah, right, Capitol, of course. But there was a great moment, man. Like, because I interview a lot of those old guys, uh, you know, I, uh, Roger Waters, yeah. Nick Lowe, uh, just uh, uh, Neil Young, guys of that generation. And, and more so than not, they think that they're doing their best work now. Right in time for no one to care, they're doing their best work in their mind. And uh, so I had this question from McCartney in my head. I was like, I'm going to ask him that. And we're in front of people. He's very quick and he's very charming, very funny guy. But I said to him, I said, you know, Paul, I, I, I speak to a lot of musicians of your generation and, uh, and they, uh, they think they're doing their best work, you know, currently. And, and I just want to know how you feel about that. And he looks at me and goes, I was in the Beatles. <laughs> That's a, that's a pretty high yes, bar. That's like good. self-aware. That's you, good. I like it that. Was beautiful. He played at our pub. Oh yeah. He played in the pub garden a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. And he was awesome because he brings his A game to everything, and he's very modest. He's very humble. But like you say, he's very good. He's very still as well, isn't he? Yeah, but he's, he's very quick. He's very quick. I went up to him before, right when I met him. I said, "So I, I, it's my understanding that the that the Beatles are off the table. We can't talk about it." And he's like, "All right, okay." You know, like he was, he, he knew I was kidding, and he was very, uh, he was, he he was charmed by it, and he, and he showed up and did a good interview. He was cool. He was cool. As are you. Uh, you, we've got to go to the traveler news. You're you're okay for a while. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, I'll be sweeping over here. Okay. <laughs> by the way, look, we have our new rug doctors that have been sent. I'll to I'll take us. a rug doctor. We are very. You can't. You can borrow. You can book it out. But you've got to bring it back. Oh, it's a rentable thing. Yeah, well, we're doing t- it's a team rug doctor thing. That's what it is. Oh, I'm so happy to be here on this um, day. Now, you said you said as a comic you were an angry comic, but you're I not. Was. But you're not an angry interviewer, are you? You don't have anger in your interviews. No, and I don't think I'm an angry comic anymore. Isn't a, isn't a guy allowed to be young and pissed off at the world? No, but didn't you? You said that recently, actually. Yeah. Recently. With that, I was angry. Well, you said you had. Are ang- we still on the air? Yeah, we. Oh. <laughs> I got to apologise for the word you just said. By the way, in the UK, that's. Oh, we, I'm we, sorry. It's okay. Mad. I meant mad. Yeah, you could, say, you could say. Pee off, but you could just can't add the ist. Well, that seems to. I know it's crazy. I don't make the rules. Seems to mean something. I else. just try not to break the rules. Peed off uh, seems to mean something. Okay, well, worse. let's move on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How many tipping points in your podcasting career do you think you've experienced? Well, tipping points. I Well, look, first of all, alternative comedy. I'm just a regular, I'm a comedian. You know, I, that, that, I don't know what that term means anymore. Secondly, tipping points. Is that the Malcolm Gladwell phrase, tipping points? That's from his book. Is, yeah, it's a phenomenon. He hijacked it for his book. Well, I think what happened really for me was at the point I started the podcast, I was in a fairly depressed, uh, desperate situation. Things had kind of bottomed out. I'd been through a divorce. I got fired from a radio job. I was not a known quantity uh, in the in the stand-up world. I was a respected figure who'd been around a long time. So there was a, a desperation that drove it. Uh, and and uh, however I developed my interview style was primarily out of that desperation. I think if you listen to my first hundred podcasts, it's just me inviting celebrities to my house to talk about my problems. And it, <laughs> and it was an interesting way to develop a style. But I think the tipping point, the first tipping point was when the New York Times did a piece in, I think, 2011. It was a huge piece, cover of the arts section, about podcasting, about me, about the trajectory of my life. Like, you know, this guy wanted to kill himself in his garage. Now he's on the mic in his garage. That kind of thing so that was one and i think that uh there were as the thing evolved into the interview show there were a few guests that brought some attention i think robin williams was a big one uh but there were smaller ones zach galifianakis early on what ultimately happened in the media landscape we live in right now is that because no one really does their job anymore and they're looking for clickbait and they can't interview people, my interviews were being listened to by people in the press and they would, you know, quote them a lot. Yeah, they yeah. would use me as a source. Uh-huh. So it began to get fans that way as well. But over time, my comedy has, the tipping point really is now people know me uh, like they never have before, almost too well. You know, when you do a podcast and you do it like I do and you're candid, you know, I go out and do comedy dates. And at the beginning, when people only knew me from the podcast, they were like, I don't know if he, let's go support him. It's like, I know how to do stand-up. I've been doing that since I was 20. <laughs> the, the podcast is the new thing. But they know me in such an intimate way. So you get off stage, you do a brilliant hour, hour and a half, and you're meeting fans. And they're like, yeah, the stand-up was fine, but what's going on with the plumbing? How's the, yeah, yeah, is your cat okay? He's so funny isn't it? When, when jokes are overtaken by real life because people are so compelled by your story and your company via your and story. I, and I bring it up all the time. I'm telling them what's happening in my life. Yeah. I used to talk more explicitly about my relationships till I realized that, you know, most of these don't end well. So like, uh, you know, and, and uh, the, the, the person I was involved with doesn't really have a voice in the situation. So maybe I should maintain a bit of privacy. And you don't need jokes anymore because the big thing here and in Europe, I don't know what it's like in the US. I need jokes. Are talking tours. People are going on and talking and just talking about their passion or whatever they do or what they've become renowned for. And they're selling out arenas. Yeah. You know, Joe Kless. Joke yeah. free. Yeah, I, uh, well, I still, uh, you know, you, you know, I am a comedian. I take it seriously. It was my original job. It was my dream. It was my goal. And, I, and I'll, I'll still be funny. Uh, it, it, <laughs> no, I you still you are it. funny without jokes, yeah. though. Okay, well, I'll just, okay, no jokes then, Chris. We're going, it's yeah. It's the no joke I, tour. You and you can book, that, you can book for the Mark Warren no joke tour. My Wait goodness, a minute. It starts tomorrow. I didn't realize this. I thought you were here. It starts, you were here for a bit and then you go back and you start the tour. It's tomorrow no, in, in Manchester. It is? I better check my phone. You better get some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice about the Larry. You told me I didn't need him. Well, I don't think you do, but All the right. audience might think otherwise. Uh, so Salford is where it starts. You can see Mark Marin tomorrow night in Salford. 
That's so cool. Okay, I don't know if it's sold That's out. That's sold or... out. That one is. That London. One is... Come to London. Okay, well, we'll, we'll list the dates in a moment or two. Can oh, do, you're just, you get... are you teasing? No, I always I do wish that. It, we say the dates every five minutes. I always do that. Okay. Uh, the Lowry in Salford, uh, starting tomorrow. That's sold out, but Mark will uh, continue stand up to him. We'll tell you where in a moment or two. So, yes. the best conversation you will ever hear, my friends, listening to this show now, between two comedians, and I think the best conversation I've ever heard about show business, although the thrust of it is around comedy, uh, was, and still is, thanks to technology and the way the world is nowadays, between Mark Maron and Robin Williams, and it was recorded in 2010, and then Robin took his own life in uh, 2014, um, and uh, you reissued re- re- it again, or you re-highlighted it. What do you do with the podcast? What's the verb well, to? The way it works, the podcast is called WTF Pod. It's called the WTF Podcast, and uh, you can get it at WTFPod.com. And the most recent 50 are always available for free. So right. for six months, every episode's available for free. And then after that, there is a premium uh, through Stitcher that you can get. We, they have the archive, uh, which costs a little money to join the, the app. But uh, what we do when someone dies is we make it free again, basically, and we repost it. Right, okay. And it, it's always a sad day, but uh, yeah, out of respect. And, and because that conversation with Robin was so unique in that it was probably the most candid public conversation, I think, available. And I'm not saying that just to toot my own horn. I, I just I believe it's true. And it became sort of a, a, an essential resource posthumously uh, for people to, to reflect on Robin. Because at the end of that conversation, he did sort of improvise around suicide and around his own problems. Okay, and we might play that uh, before we got there. We're just trying to get it together now. It's my fault because I didn't tell the team quick enough, so that's my bad. Uh, but when you were talking to him in 2010 on this podcast, which you can hear now, still, it's still out there, um, he sounded like he was in a, an amazing place. He sounded like one of the most sorted human beings one could imagine. He'd been through hell, and as Churchill says or said, you know, if you're going through hell, keep going. He did keep going, and he ended up in a great place. You know, he's had his ups and downs, but that's that shouldn't be a surprise. That's that's called life. It's like night and day. Um, what did you think when you met him? Do you think he was going to be here forever? Well, I had uh, some, you know, I'd met Robin and we'd talked before and we'd had some, you know, conversations. I mean, Robin Williams as a person was strangely, you know, shy. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the thing that happened in that podcast was, you know, I approached him as another comic. It was, it was not one I did in the garage. I traveled. I recorded in my car, you know, my feelings about going up there. I went to his home. And it was in the, it was like 11 in the morning. So the thing about a guy like Robin, as you'll learn, and I've been in comedy a long time, is that it was just him and I. You know, his assistant was in the other room. She let me in and I sat down with Robin. Now, when it's just one person, that compulsion to improvise and just go off the rails, it's not there. If there were two people, that's, that can be classified as an audience. So I had full attention and I was, you know, I wasn't screwing around. I was talking to him like a peer, like a comic, like a human. And he, he just sort of really opened up in terms of asking me, did I, did I get a sense of, of what was going to happen from him? No, but I, I did get a sense that, you know, he was, uh, he had a dark sensibility underneath it all that he was um uh, did have some morbid thoughts and that uh you know he had his struggles and he he obviously was talking about alcoholism at the end uh in his own struggle with addiction but no i don't think any of us could have known what happened and i think that the circumstances were were not just psychological i think it was a choice based on some health reasons yeah. that we didn't understand and that you know the possibility of him him losing his faculties was not a, a life he wanted to live 
Either way, it's terrifying or, and, or, or terrible and sad. But you did see that the, there was definitely a dark streak in Robin Williams, and you could hear that in the interview. But that's not surprising with uh, with a, a talent that big. I liked it. I liked it because you did. You weren't trying to prove a point. You weren't trying to say, "Look, I, I do what you do." It was a very natural conversation, and I loved it when you start riffing about the fact because you're obviously both such comedy nerds. Because yeah. that's that's how it starts. And that's oh, how yeah, it, yeah. It, once a comedy nerd, always a comedy nerd, and right. hopefully some some point in between a comedian yeah well that's true and also he had come out of the place that uh, you know i'm sort of obsessed with with the comedy store and i spent time in san francisco and no i i mean we're all there is a shorthand to the community and that's sort of what the basis of the podcast was about is that i talked to a lot of huge comics i've talked to most of them uh and you know we we do understand each other we're strange people that uh, don't fit into uh the world in the way that normal people do we're, we're usually self involved and and there's a there is a uh, a brotherhood or, or a, 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 well, a community. I don't want to be gender specific. There's a community to the life of being a comic and you, you sort of understand it and there is a, a shorthand to it at a certain level and it, it, it is, those are my co-workers. I don't see them often <laughs> but uh, when we do see each other, it's always nice. Yeah, my name's Mark Moran. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah, well done, Mark. That's cool. And um, now how'd you get people, so you just talked about, you just, you know, you just named a big clang support McCartney there, why the heck not? How, how do people come to you to be on your podcast? Or do you go to them still? Do you have a do you have a booker? Do you have a guest booker? Are we you... had to start working with a booker because I ran out of friends with friends. I was gonna say. Yeah, you know, it's like usually you know a guy who knows a guy who can talk to the guy <laughs> or the or the woman. But uh but the, the thing was is that you kind of run out of that and we are working with a booker, so I get pitched people and a lot of times like people ask me often like uh well who do you want to talk to? I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean <laughs> who are you thinking of? Say somebody and I'll let you know. And and so I get a lot of names and then it's sort of like, well, that would be interesting and, and that would be good. I mean, I've talked and, and a lot of people come up. The, the trick of my show, because it's become sort of a thing to do, is that a lot of times, as you know, the only time you can get people is when they're out promoting. And yeah. that's not really the kind of interview I do. Yeah, we're doing an, an hour-long career interview, at least. And that's my window to get them. So if they're out doing press, like I recently, who did I just talk to? That was sort of tricky or hard to get. Well, well, Jane Fonda came in. That was something. Uh, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't put that I up love, yet. I love that. That was something. It was? Well, it could mean anything. That was something. Well, in I mean, what way like, was it something? Give us a stare. Well, because like this is a person that's been been a movie star since I've been alive. No, I know man. that. But what was and the something when she came in? How did the something work out? Well, this it worked out great because <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many lives, there's so much to draw from, and a lot of a lot of people forget that she was an amazing actress and yeah, still yeah. is. I yeah. mean, some of the movies she did early on are just mind blowing. I mean, when was the last time you watched Clute? Clute, I was going to say Clute. It, it's the one, what, dude. It's, it's crazy. I know, I know. You watch that, and it's so visceral it's and so dark. wild. Um, it was it's stunning. Uh, but she's great, and I also talked to her brother a year, uh, a year or so ago. He was one of the first interviews at the new house, Peter Fonda, and that you that. Was was like a wild ride. The you new, don't know what you're going to get, man. Is the new house a product of the profits from the podcast? I hope it is. Sure, sure. Yeah, I could, I could only do the podcast at this point, but I, I, I choose to do other things because I don't want to sit too long with my head, Chris. All right, okay, Mark. I get why. Um, knowing I'm finding more and more out about you. I could talk to you all morning, to be honest. If people want to come see you in stand-up, I'm going to read out the tour dates. Get them in, get them in great, here. Great. I've got to say, it's barely a tour. There's only four dates. I thought I was going to be reading 40 or 50 dates out here now. Well, I, you know, I just want to 
E's in. I'll come back. <laughs> You've got to come back. I look at them as dates. I don't look at them as a tour. I'm doing a few dates. We'll see how it goes. I get a little freaked out. That's the problem with being able to make money or living out of your garage is when somebody goes, you want to go to Europe and the UK and Ireland for a month? I'm like, how about four days? Yeah, four days. Okay, whistle stop. Thursday, April the 4th, uh, the Larry Salford sold out. Uh, you can still get tickets for Mark at the Royal Festival Hall in London. Saturday, April the 6th. Monday, April the 8th at the Rep in Birmingham. Thursday, April the 11th, Ficker Street in Dublin. And you need to go to WTFPod slash tour uh, to get to these dates. Uh, Dot com slash tour. Sorry about that. WTF. I wasn't being rude. Say it again. WTFPod.com slash tour. Sorry, that's my fault. I apologize. You're doing a great job. I don't know how many people tell you that, but I want to tell you that. Not enough. Not enough, Mark. You just keep saying it. I'll pretend you're lots of different people. Thank you. Are you becoming like Disney though? Are you because Disney started? What Disney made his Disney made his movies, and then he came up with his theme parks, and his theme parks were supposed to fund his movies. But then his theme parks were so successful, he used his movies to advertise his theme parks. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing, these, Chris. Man, you nailed it! These, I'm building an empire uh, of entertainment. Now, these dates to do you want these dates to promote your podcast, or do you want the podcast to get to people to come to your dates? Just so I know. Hey, however they come, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna like. I, I'm also you don't on a. Care. You I'm, don't a care. Well, I'm on a TV show. I'm on Glow uh, on Netflix. The oh, Gorgeous Ladies of what's Wrestling. This, what's this one now? The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Oh, Glow gosh. with Allison Brie and so Betty you, Gilpin. So you're doing that as well. And I, I and I also have several specials on Netflix. Several it's like specials. I, I don't know. However, people come. The the, the amazing thing to me right. is after 35 years, yep. I'm still a discoverable entity. <laughs> like I. Like you know what I mean? It's like I'm still a mid-level celebrity, which is fine. But I'm I know the you're level. You're not mid-level. You're A-list now. No, dude. Here's the level I'm at. Three guys could be walking towards me, and one of them will go, "Oh my God, it's Mark Marin," and the other two will be like, "No, nah, I don't know that guy." Now look. I'm happy the one guy knows who I am, yeah, yeah. all right? I'm not complaining. But what I've learned over time is I don't have to stand there while he tries to explain who I am oh, okay. to the other two. Did not a, do, not a you, great few minutes. Did you do that for a while? Well, yeah, I, I'm usually pretty polite. Okay. I'll stand there. I'll right. stand. It's a so joke. If, that was a joke. If you were looking for Mark Marin via the, the— Why can't I be with my face turned to the laughing people? Well, no, because well, I've got a, I'm cracking. Okay, all right, go ahead. Uh, people are laughing with us. Okay, good. But they, they don't need me to laugh. Okay, I, want to get... I need you to laugh. Why? Because I mean, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Okay, but I've been laughing while you've not been noticing. Okay. Because, like I said, I laugh at the yeah, things that aren't jokes. It's very, well, yeah, Do you know, I know what I mean? You're a very tricky one to read. Because well, usually about there's that. some indication. I can only apologize. Yeah, well, what I, more can I, I do? I accept your apology. Well, thank you very it's much. It's been indeed. an honor. No, is it over? Oh, no, I thought you were closing. <laughs> no, you're not rapping? Well, I just I, want. I can stay here all morning. I just want to know, right, if you were looking for you on the internet, what would, would you say? WTFpod.com is good. That's it. That's and then good. we'll get so all the vignettes will sort of come off that blazing. Well, the glow sun. won't. The glow, you can go to Netflix and search Glow, which is a, a, two seasons. What I'm so where do we and go? you can go to Netflix and search Mark Marin. There's a couple specials up there. All right, who's on the you radar? Can, huh? Who's on the radar for the podcast? Who's on the radar? Yeah, who's, who's coming, coming up? up? Who do you want? Who have you had whispers about that you haven't confirmed yet? Tomorrow is T Bone Burnett, which was great. Right. Like, well, as I said, I got Jane Fonda coming up. Uh, who, 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 who haven't you done that you might be doing? Oh my God, that's that question. Come on, I love. When this are question. you coming on? You flying over? Yeah, if you, you want, going... I'll try and get rid of me, friend. Try and get rid of me. I love Los Angeles. I love. Los uh, Angeles. There's, there's. I've got quite a few in the can, as they say, and uh, and I can't draw them up. I'd like to talk to Albert Brooks. I'd like to talk to to Lily Tomlin. I'd like to talk to. There are certain people of a certain generation Trump? that. I'd, well, I mean, you know, I did Barack Obama. Yeah, I can't imagine that Mueller. That, would you do Mueller? Who Mueller? Mueller? Yeah. 
Sure, I, it doesn't strike me as an entertaining fella. Well, but it could be interesting. Yeah, maybe if he's candid. I, 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 it doesn't seem like his... Okay, his, so that's, his, a no. that's a flat... I, see, I but no, be, but the thing I with Trump is booker, some people, like, you know, the, the, the lunatics that love Trump, they're yeah. like, yeah, he did Obama, that guy stinks, what about Trump? And we've always said, you know, I don't do political interviews generally, but if it's a president and it's a sitting president, if he'll play by the same rules as Obama did, which is we get final cut and uh, there's no vetting of questions... What about the neighbors this time around? Well, I'll have to deal with them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how positive they'll be, but you know, you never know. You don't know who your neighbors are have you until they stick, uh, until they come out of their house wearing a MAGA hat. Have you done Roger Daltrey? Yes. Okay. Have you done Michael Caine? No, I'd like to do Michael. Michael, Caine. he lives around the corner. We know Michael Caine. Well, can you give him a call? We'll Let's give him now. a call. Let's Get him on the phone. Let's try and book Michael Caine for you before you That'd leave. That'd be great. Michael we need Caine. you to do the sport now, don't we? And travel again. Done travel. Done travel. I did Coogan too recently. Steve, he's a genius. Yeah, he is a genius. He is a genius. I bet you have a lot in common with him. Well, I, thank you, but yeah, uh, but no, he's more of a genius than me. I, it was a great conversation. No, I love Steve Coogan too because he, he does. He's not a mimic. He recreates people. Yeah, he's it's a, a recreator. A shapeshifter. Yeah, he's a shapeshifter. Yeah, but but Daltrey was great. He was good. I was a little nervous. He was going punch me but it was good yeah but he's not like that at all he just no. brings that in with him doesn't he and then he parks it immediately but, but yeah but you, but you, it's there we've got to wrap it, it i don't want to wrap it up can you tell yeah can you honestly yeah. let's just keep talking off mic and let people come down and listen yeah good we're on the 14th three and a half thousand people in the building how many people can we get on the 14th floor free croissant yeah fresh fruit wait i didn't get that no, it's out there. Okay, all right. Okay, it is out there. Uh, yes, yeah, right. yeah, lovely to meet you. Nice meeting no, you. Great talking. Honestly, to you. really great to meet you. Thanks, man. Good for you. Good for you. Mark Maron, king of the podcast. Come on now. Thank you so much for downloading this special podcast from us here at Virgin Radio. Don't forget to subscribe to hear the best of the breakfast show every single week. Ta-da! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.